Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Come on, can you give God some praise in this house? Hallelujah. You can be seated. Wow. Um, here's a crazy thing. Um, my wife has no idea what I'm preaching on today. And, um, and I just wrote this message. Uh, I was praying, God, give me a word for the house. And, um, and so, man, I love how the Lord does things like this. Because tonight, this morning, I'm pre- blows my mind. And so uh, this doesn't make any sense. So, hey, if I want to get right into this word. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We're going to start reading at verse 22. Exodus chapter 15. We'll start reading at verse 22. And um, while you're turning there, I'm uh, just going to let you know a little bit about what is going on in our life. And, um, and so, excuse me, I wish, you know, my baby girl, she's in nursery. I should, we should have kept her here and introduced y'all to the last time we were here Mavae was pregnant with Brielle uh and she is two and a half years old now uh so man she and she is cute as can be uh my son Hezekiah is up in kids church that's right come on show some love there's some cute cheering right and so um and my son he's seven years old now and uh and what and I gotta let you know what they say about them second borns are true all right. She's a, she's a thug and I love it. And I love it. And I use that in the most respectful term I possibly can. She, she, uh, she has a, the best mean mug in the world, right? It's a defense mechanism. Daddy's happy. And, um, so, uh, I just, I absolutely love it. I love being a dad. We, uh, next month we'll be celebrating 12 years of marriage and come on 12 years of breaking those generational curses in our families. And uh, so we're excited. Divorce is, is the pattern of in both sides of our family and dysfunction and things. So we are trying to be intentional in some way, uh, uh, living uh, from the negative experiences we had, making sure that our children will never have to eat uh, the same plate of despair we, were, we dined on when we were younger. And so I do believe that all of us has an opportunity, whether you had an example or whether you had a void, to, re, to, to say, God, no more, no longer, ever, will my children and my children's children have to, have to partake of that. So with that, I have a book called uh, Crowns Are Greater Than Trophies. And I'm telling you what, this is the first book I wrote five years ago. And, um, and man, God has really been doing some incredible things. I do believe each and every one of us have a responsibility, a responsibility and an opportunity. Again, once I said earlier, just to draw lines in the sand to say enough is enough. I'll write about three different generation of fam- three generation of kings who all died and perished of the same behavior. And all it would take was one person to say, you know what? I'm stopping this. Hey, or I'm going to get some help or I'm going to get some accountability or I'm going to allow someone to speak correction into my life. I'm going to walk with people. But every single time a prophet or a priest will come to them, they'll, they will tell them, be quiet, get up my face. One of them literally said, who are you to speak to me? And, uh, but I believe if we will just, man, confront our pride so we can see healing in our families, we can see God do some amazing things. The last chapter of the book is called Resurrect the Altar of the Dinner Table. And I'm telling you, you need to realize, and I hope you know this, Pastor John Ryan, 
He's the pastor of this house, but you are the priest in your home. And you have to take responsibility, responsibility and opportunity to, to, to protect your house. All right. And so oftentimes we want to we want to hoop and holler and we want to blame the devil and cast at all kinds of spirits. But sometimes it's not an in, it's not an infestation. It's an invitation. But what would happen if we as parents meet, we, we will take a moment in our life to say, you know what? I'm taking inventory of my family. I'm not going to allow the enemy to live in apathy and indifference and silence, but I'm going to create a space so God can do what he needs to do. So family, this book, man, it's, it's, it's really going to be a blessing to you. When I have a book here, it's called, this is your chance. And the subtitle is, there's not opportunity that will pass you by. It's more like you'll pass by your opportunity. And so I said, I've been here a few times before, and so many of you may know my story already, but um, I'm dyslexic. I had to take speech classes in the fifth grade uh, due to stuttering and slurring problems. Uh, couldn't retain the information that I read. So when God called me in the ministry, I felt like it was a crime. It was a curse because God, how dare you call me to something that you know very well I'm unqualified to do. Why would you call me some, to something to, to, and, and I am I'm without the, the giftings to do so. But it wasn't until I saw an Instagram post at the age of 30 that changed my life. Why am I saying this? Because some of you, you know that what God has called you to do, but you've been dragging your feet. Uh, so you're on your 99th fleece of confirmation. 99th fleece. Family, that's not spiritual. That is just disobedience. He told you what to do already. He's calling you to start what is in your hands, what is in your house, what is before you. If you keep saying, I can't, when you really meant I won't, hey, I'm talking to you right now. And so this book is really be a blessing to you. And these two I'm very excited about. And uh, so uh, as you, many of you know, my wife had, uh, five years ago uh, got very sick, extremely sick. And, um, and so on her deathbed and, and as God was bringing her out of these things, there was things that she said, God, I, I regret not doing this. And one of them was writing a book. And so she wrote this devotional, 21 day devotional called Broken, Messy, Healing and Loved. And I'm so, so proud of her as well as accompanying prayer journal, um, that I'm very, very proud of her about as well. And so, so family, so one more thing, uh, we, we believe that, man, that the office of the evangelist is very important. We believe the fivefold ministry is very important. There's a lot of things we're believing God for. One is to establish a house of prayer in our region, uh, to do, to do more, uh, times of equipping. And we just need your help to, to be faith, to continue to be on the road, uh, as evangelists. Uh, it is getting extremely difficult and challenging uh, to be faithful to this call. And sometimes we feel like we're, we're trying to do it ourselves. But we know, uh, man, uh, that, that, that there's a kingdom and a family of believers uh, that is called to this just as much as we are. So uh, we will appreciate your help and your support in the table in the back. So Heavenly Father, whew, we're asking you, Jesus, that you have your way. God, we are asking for your grace to be present in this house, in this moment, as you perform surgery in us. We thank you, Father, that this will be a moment of our honesty where we will see your delivering hand because, Father, we are tired of shouting above the pain. 
We are tired, oh God, of, of speaking things that isn't as it is, God. We are tired of just prophesying while, while we are drowning in the weight of our circumstances. But we are thanking you today, God, that you are rolled up your sleeve and you are pulling us out of the miry clay to give us a firm place to stand. But God, we need your grace. We need your grace at this moment to confront the Goliath of our generation. We need your grace at this moment to confront and have the courage to be honest by the circumstances of our life. So, Father, as we break open your word, we're asking for your grace. Your grace to feel. Your grace to see. Your grace to confront our pride and our egos. Your grace that will supersede our titles, our positions our protocols, our traditions, asking for your grace because we need an encounter, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need an encounter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen, amen. As I was saying earlier, um, uh, uh, I uh, had no idea what I was going to preach about today. And, um, and I wrote this message praying, God, give me a word for the house because Pastor Ryan, I don't like stale bread. Uh, ain't nothing like open up a bag of chips you forgot about and you craving them later on and a stale as all get out. So I don't want to regurgitate words and say, God, give me a fresh word for the house. And today I want to talk to you about bitterness. This is a message that if you, if you, how do I say this nicely? If you are someone who never been through anything, you may have a hard time today. If you are someone who just want to masquerade like you're perfect, you may have a hard time today. If you're someone uh, who is deeply religious but dishonest, you may have a hard time today. Um, because we're going to get into some Kool-Aid and, I, and I, 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 I never want to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And so uh, I, I want to be honest with you because as many of us are in seasons that we did not believe we will still be in or should be in. We heard and grew up hearing about how God delivers, how God sets free, how God brings people out of pain. And you thought, and you may thought God, it should have been over by now. Today, I want to talk to you about bitterness. In the book of Exodus chapter 15, starting at verse 22, it's a story where, where the Israelites was led right after, uh, into the desert right after their, their experience with the Red Sea. And so for context, I don't want to assume you know the story, but for context, uh, is the Israelites was at one moment was in 430 consecutive years in slavery. They were enslaved for over 430 years. Generations who were born as a slave and died as a slave, never knowing what freedom looked like. And finally, God uh, decided to move and he raised up this insecure man named Moses that felt deeply, deeply unqualified for the call. But God matured him for that occasion and, 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 and ten plagues went down. After the final plague, the Pharaoh let God's people go, and 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 eventually they 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 as they left, they 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 uh they had the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh changed his mind, and, and he guided all the chariots and the army, and he went after all the Israelites, and so they had they had the Red Sea in front of them, they had Pharaoh and the Egyptians behind them, and the Israelites began to freak out. 
But there was this man named Moses that God matured for such a time as this where he realized and understood finally that if God is on your side, the impossible becomes possible. And so he, he, so he, he raised up his staff and he saw the Red Sea split. Right. And they began to walk on dry ground. And and as they went on the other side, he raised up his staff again. The waters closed up and all the Israelites uh, got swept. I'm sorry. All the Egypt, uh, the um, Egyptians uh, got swept away. And so this this is right after this moment. So I want you to understand they, they are they just experienced and witnessed the most incredible outpouring of God's power that they have ever seen in their life. They just witnessed with their eyes something that they witnessed God do. And so Exodus chapter 22, when Moses was uh, uh, 15, verse 22, when Moses, when Moses uh, led Israel from the Red Sea, they went to the desert. Three days they traveled in the desert without finding water, right? So they were thirsty as all get out. Three days, right? They're at the brink of death, literally, in the hot desert without water for three days, Remember this, they were, they were told that they will be going into a promised land. There was a promise that was spoken before them. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where God gave you the promise? He gave you the word. He told you what he was going to do, but you keep finding yourselves in situations that looks nothing like what was told to you. Many of us, you've received prophetic words in your life. You receive words of what God said he was going to do, that God's going to make a way or God's going to provide for this business or God's going to restore this relationship or God's going to bring you this spouse or God's going to heal you in this body or God's going to do such and such. But 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 oftentimes it's that point B between point C that that brings us in a deep level of frustration. Right. And so and so as they were on the way to the promised land, they found themselves in a, in a dire situation where they began to be thirsty on the brink of death. And finally, when they see an oasis in verse 23, they realized the water was undrinkable. It was poisonous. It was bitter. So verse 24, what do people do? Probably the same thing many of us would do. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Here's the reality of the situation. I think it's very important because sometimes I believe we become so unspiritual. I'm sorry, we become so spiritual that we become dishonest. We become so spiritual that we become dishonest. I grew I grew up and I grew up in church in Bible Belt in North Carolina, Potting for Progressive Permanent Baptist Church. I grew up with a won't he do it? Ha, God will ha, make a way ha, that kind of church, right? And uh, B three Hammond, Oregon, where we we got went to church at nine o'clock, didn't get out to one fifteen. I grew I mean I lived there, but uh, but I grew up and I saw so much so much spirituality that that I scratched my head because it did not make any sense to me. And what I what I witnessed is how we would weaponize faith. How we will use faith as if if an escapism, but not the instrument that ha- that causes and helps us to break through a situation. We want to have faith to ignore the situation. God gots it. God gots it. Oh man, there's trouble in my marriage. God gots it. So you don't talk to your spouse. Or oh, there's trouble in my in my body. Man, God gots it. So you don't see a doctor. 
uh, my, my car's breaking down. Huh. And in the name of Jesus, God got it. So maybe I should change the oil. It's been 15,000 miles, right? And so, and so, but sometimes this is how we treat faith. We think faith is, is like Holy Ghost Salt Bay that we put on every situation and we say we give it to God and we think that removes us of opportunity. Or we also, if we're not careful, can think that faith means you can't be honest about your situation. So many people, I, uh, some people I know would, would, would be in this particular moment and, 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 and wag a finger at them because how they felt. They were on the brink of death. I get it. So what are we to drink? They were thirsty. When Moses cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood and he threw him the water and, and the water became fit to drink. I don't know what that wood was. The Bible doesn't tell us what that wood was, uh, uh, but it was some incredible wood. And, and, and it filtered the water and they began to drink it. And we go to verse, we go to verse 26. He says, if, if, if you listen carefully to the, the Lord your God and what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will, I will not bring any any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you Jehovah Rapha I am the Lord who healed you verse 27 and then they came to a lean uh, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees and they camped near the water they camped near the water I was curious about about water how we can purify and there's one particular kind of water called called um what is it called? Sapwood. And sapwood is a water that, uh, a, tr- a wood that can help purify up to, up to 99% of E. coli bacteria. I didn't know that. Like wood literally can be part of a filter. But I, I think about that story. I think about that situation. And you can see all throughout in scripture where, where God gave a promise, but in between those promises, there was plenty of hardships along the way. And I want to talk to the individuals right now where you are between your promises. You are in the hallways of God's purpose for your life. You're in the between the place when God said he was gonna and you're at a place in your life where you want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. You want to say enough is enough and you're feeling overwhelmed by bitterness. God is not supposed to take this long. I think about the story and I think about to put in ourselves and the Israelite shoes, their bitterness that God told them that he was going to lead them into the promised land. And they, and if they first experience, they see Pharaoh in Egypt and the Red Sea, the man, this is it. How could this happen? And they even long to go back into the captivity of Egypt at that moment because they said at least, at least they got food. Uh, but God delivered them out of that place. And, and, and all throughout scripture, we can see continual moments where they went through this, this, these ups and downs with their faith in God and the reality of their situation. And, 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 and I think that we can be in moments in our lives where bitterness can set, seep in. Their bitterness was warranted due to an expectation. The bitterness was seemingly, seemingly it was warranted due to an expectation. But the end result was there were just assumptions about the journey. I've, uh, I think something that uh, I heard, used to hear, hear people say oftentimes that when you become a Christian, your life will get easier. That ain't true. Your life may get better, but it won't get easier. Again, I feel like we're on assignment. I feel like we, we, we drove a thousand miles here to talk to some individuals. That You're in the season of your life where you're trying your best to have faith. 
but you feel like you're being overwhelmed by bitterness. The assumption was the journey was going to be easy. The assumption, sometimes we enter into a spirit of bitterness uh, 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 due to a lack of understanding. And I, I think it's when we assume that when God gave a promise that it's going to be easy, but sometimes it is not. And I don't know why. I wish it was, but I don't know why. I think about moments in my own life. I think about moments in my own life. I, I I'm 36 years old. I'm getting up there now, Pastor Ryan. Bro, Pastor Melissa, I'm getting up there. 36 years old. And I went to Bible school right out of high school at 17 years old. And in this particular season of my life, man, and, and before, especially before my wife got sick, I'm like, man, God, you're doing it. 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 But when, when she became sick, you want to talk about one of the biggest eye-openers of my life. And I began to ask myself these questions. I began to regret. And I would love to say if I never have these feelings, but regret that I gave my 20s away to ministry. So like God, I feel like I'm helping everybody else's family. What about mine? Or I'm traveling, I'm preaching, I'm seeing healing for someone else's wife. But God, what about mine? Am I being too real? This is, y'all don't like this, Titus. I can leave now if that's okay. And we think, and I, and I, I battle with this to this day. That I'm thankful to do ministry. But sometimes I wonder, is it still worth it? storm so we're so so we're thankful we 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 have to remind ourselves and i'm trying to tell someone here you have to remind yourself that no storm no sacrifice robbed the gas a hotel and to come back a thousand dollars and we are completely living by faith and i ask myself god is it worth it is it worth it? Is it still, is it still smart to be caught, deliver someone out of shame? We see God save souls, but remind us that it is worth it. But, but here's the reality. I don't think it is wrong to be honest about your pain. It, 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 we, cause we cannot find deliverance without honesty. You can't find healing family without honesty. Bitterness, I believe bitterness is a lack of honesty. We become bitter with the, with the lack of honesty about our pain. We become bitter when we lower, when we drop an anchor at the moment of our circumstances. And because we refuse to process the challenge to heal from that trauma, uh, we, we circle around that thing that for every single aspect of our life, and some of you, that is what you've been doing. You have dropped an anchor at your trauma. You have dropped an anchor at your pain. You're in a situation you don't think you should be in. 
sin and you decided to park there but hear the Holy Ghost today raise up that anchor hoist that sail because God is trying to bring you into into further things into greater things in the uncharted territory yes it hurts yes it's painful yes it's depressing yes it's a moment of despair but weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning it won't last always family it won't last always it won't always be like this your tears won't always have to be your food anxiety won't have to be an alarm clock every day depression won't have to be your weighted blanket it's time to heal it's time to be delivered from the spirit of bitterness But you can't be delivered from things you're not honest about. It's a silent killer. High blood pressure. This is the reality. Religion is a coping mechanism. But Jesus is your deliverer. Religion gets you to forget. But Jesus helps you to overcome. You can't overcome without honesty. The problem is this, is that some of you here, when I say these things, you think you're good because it doesn't hurt anymore. You have used pain as the signal or, the, or, the, or to give validity of an existence of something. Well, it doesn't hurt like it used to, so it means I'm good. But, but that is a horrible measuring stick of progress. Just because you forgot or trying to forget doesn't mean you haven't been delivered. I call it high blood pressure of the spiritual realm. It's a, it's, 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 it's a high blood pressure. It's called a silent killer because you can't feel it. it, it you can literally just do life and, it, it, and no one thinks about they got it until all of a sudden, boom, there's a stroke. All of a sudden, boom, there's a heart attack. All of a sudden, boom, your life has changed from something you didn't feel, but what's killing you from the inside out. Bitterness, you may think it's not a big deal, but if it is festering inside of you and you say, God, well, I'm okay because it doesn't hurt anymore. God, I, I, I forgave that person. Oh, God, I, I've been delivering that person, but you haven't confronted it. Can't be delivered from things you're not honest about. I believe this, and I know I'm not preaching deep, but I think, but I feel like an urgency in this place today. And even if it's just for one that you're in that place in your life right now, that God, I'm I'm struggling with bitterness. It's not supposed to be this way, God. I'm supposed to be married by now. Supposed to have my career started off by now. I'm supposed to have been healed by now. Supposed to have a child by now. God, I was supposed to 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 to, to, to do such you fill in the blank by now. And sometimes we can lose sight of the promise He's delivered and He spoke because of the the, the we're being drowned out. By the crowd of pain. The definition of crowd is a large number of people gathered together, typically in a disorganized or unruly way. Another definition is to be overwhelmed or preoccupied. 
to overwhelm or preoccupy. The definition of overwhelm is to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. The definition of preoccupy is to engross, to concern, to absorb, to take up one's attention, to distract, to obsess, to occupy, to prey on one or someone's mind. How are you in a season right now where you feel just that? That your pain has overwhelmed your mind. Has your circumstance has been preoccupied your mind. And you can't think of anything else other than the pain that you were experiencing. And maybe some of you made up in your mind that it's never going to change. That it is what it is. It's always going to be. But family, I got news for you. Trouble won't last always. If you're in that place of bitterness right now, it's okay for you to feel. It's okay for you to feel. Please feel every single feeling. Please feel it because you can't heal without honesty because faith is not the absence of, of, of any sorts of feeling. Faith is an acknowledgement of a feeling, but no, you have a God who walks with you through it. It's not acting like the situation isn't real. So God, help me through this. I can give you a great example of this. Of, of, of when faith in Numbers chapter 13, starting at verse 1 and 2. Matthew, if you can help me, please. Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It's a story where God is sending the Lord. It says, the Lord said to Moses, uh, send some men and explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving the Israelites uh, uh, from each ancestral tribe, send one of the leaders. So he said, okay, I want you to go into the promised land. I want you to see. I want you to take inventory. So verse number chapter 13, verse 26, 28, it says when they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community uh, and said the reporter to them, uh, to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses the account. We went to the land uh, to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey and there is fruit. The people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We saw ascendants of Enoch there. Verse 30, uh, it says these same and, and, and these other people said, then Caleb silenced the people. For the Lord and said, we should go out and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Verse 31. But then but but the men who had gone uh, gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report, a bad report <clears throat> from the land which they have explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. The people who we saw there are great in size. We saw Nephilim there. Uh, we, we, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. You see what happens? He, he sent these people. All of them saw the exact same thing. But people came with different, different uh, 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 perspectives. One group of people saw, okay, God, you gave us a promise. The obstacles along the way is just that obstacle. But, 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 but we know what you promise you will do and you will do it. They saw they had belief. Other individuals saw the issue. They saw the promised land. But they was frozen by the issues that they would have to, tra- have to traverse to get to that place. And it began to build and began to spread a bad report to everybody in the place. We began to mumble and complain and grumble. Numbers uh, chapter 14, it says in verse 1 through 4, it says that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we have died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is it the Lord brings us out? Bring is Why is it? This is super real. Why is the Lord bringing us into the land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back into Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back. 
What did God just deliver them out of? What did God just free them from? But it was, it's, it's in that place that many of we can, I know it's easy to say, man, the joke, them jokers are crazy. They would rather choose slavery and go back to a bound state of life than for fight for something that God promised to give them. Family, I know it is hard right now. But going back is out of the question. I know it's challenging in your life right now. Again, you fill in the blank because I feel like I'm talking to someone here. I know it is challenging right now, but you cannot afford to go back. You can't afford to go back. I believe this sometimes the heaviest weight to carry, the most dense weight to lift up is hope. Is hope. Hope is heavy to carry. Hope is heavy to carry. It's easy, easier just to say it is what it is. Well, it's never going to work out. Well, that's how it's always going to be. Because hope takes strength to keep believing. Hope takes the strength to keep fighting. I think about the woman Shumanite woman who helped out Elijah and gave him a place in the upper room. She didn't ask for anything in return. A servant said, okay. Oh, and Elijah asked him, what does she need? She didn't ask for anything. A servant said, well, I noticed you don't have any kids. And they said, all right. And he, he called the lady and he looked at her and he prophesied to her. And he said, by this time next year, you will have a son. You think her response would be glory be to God. Hallelujah. But she rebuked him. She rebuttaled. Don't tell me this. Don't get my hopes up. Why do you think she said that? Why do you think she said that? Because this was something she longed for. This was something she prayed for. This was something she probably spent years believing God for. And nothing happened. So she had to make up in her mind to settle that it is impossible for me or this is just not the cards for me that it is what it is I'm not going to get my hopes up again because it's too hard too heavy of a weight to carry I don't know who I'm talking to but I know we're here on an assignment right now but there's something in your life that, that you have just given up on and you've been living in a place of bitterness because it hasn't happened yet but I am praying that you be that that you become honest about this and you stop saying it doesn't hurt anymore or I'm good but you will allow the Holy Ghost to step into that situation so God can do what he is longing to do to bring deliverance and healing in that circumstance because he is a God who heals get my hopes up what is in your life that God has promised you because here's the thing those promises has God said it's not going to happen anymore has God said forget it about it just because you're older 
I said, God said, forget about it. It's because you got another job or did God said, forget about it. It's because you don't feel like you have the time or the resources. Did God said, I changed my mind. Did God say, forget about it. It's not a big deal. Did he say any of those things to you? I know I'm, I know I'm maybe being too aggressive, but I'm trying to be honest with you. Has God said that to you? What are you doing quitting? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing giving up on God? Because he hasn't given up on you. What are you doing giving up on that dream? Because he hasn't given up on you. I know the Red Sea's in front of you. I know Pharaoh is behind you. I know you're out of brook of bitter water. But God, is that's a recipe for the miracles of God. Every single moment in scripture, when we see Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Shalom or Jehovah Tzikhanu, these are moments and circumstances that seem to possible Abraham was in a place where God where we see Jehovah Jireh the remnant think of the because God provided but he had to be in a situation that provision was necessary when they're in the place of bitter waters we see Jehovah Rapha the Lord who heals but they had to be under circumstances that healing was necessary I don't know why God allows us to walk through pain, to walk through circumstances. But there's one thing I'm certain of. We're not walking alone. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel it for you within your rod and your staff. They come for me. Family, you serve a God who walks with you. So can you invite God into your bitter waters? Invite God into the bitterness of your life, the circumstance of your life. Invite him in. I'm almost done. Invite him in. They're at that place where they saw water. They were excited with their eyes. They tasted it and it was bitter or poisonous. They couldn't drink it. They were in a place of expectation but encountered a letdown. They threw a piece of wood. I don't know why. And the wood water became drinkable and they drunk. Then after that moment they were led to a place where there was fresh where there was water and there was covering and there was shade. I don't know why don't know why the wood but I, I could think of another wood that may not was thrown <laughs> but it was erected it was erected and it was if, 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 I, if, if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me I'm thankful for the cross of Calvary Come on. that our Lord and Savior was beat and nailed upon that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for all our iniquities. The chastisement that brought him peace. And by our stripes, we were here. I'm thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. As he hung on the cross, the Hebrews said, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. How can the Lord view that cross as with joy? Jesus was not the first person to be crucified. He knew what the cross represented. The cross was like the electric chair today. 
But how could he see the place of death and a place of joy? I believe he saw beyond the pain. I believe he saw beyond the agony. I believe he saw beyond the nails. He saw beyond the corn, the crowns of thorns. I believe he saw your face. I believe he thought of this day in August of 2023 here in Numa Church. In Numa Church, I believe he thought about you and he said, "Hey, I'm about to deal with this right now because I know my child is stuck right now. I know my child is lost right now, but I'm not leaving them alone. They need some deliverance." They need some healing. They need some breakthrough. And I'm going to provide a way. What would happen? What would happen? You would invite Jesus into your bitterness. Can you stand to your feet with me if you can? But in order for there to be deliverance, less of a man or God or woman of God because you shed a tear you don't have a lack of faith because you're going because you say I'm in need this is what the church the body of Christ is supposed to be what would happen I, I wish there's a story in the Bible where this man named Moses he had this assignment that if all long as he lifted his hands lifted up there the Israelites are going to win this battle that's happening in the valley Bible talks about his arms started getting tired and he started to fall. And Joshua and the Israelites started to lose. But he had some people on that place with him that they noticed when his arms was drawing they sat him on a rock and they lifted his hands when he couldn't do it himself. Pastor, I wish, the, and y'all, y'all know more than me, I wish, the, I wish the Bible gave more detail about the situation because I believe something had to happen. Two things had to happen for that to make sense in my mind one even Moses even Aaron and her was aware of Moses' assignment and they took initiative to help their hurting friend the Bible says the Bible says the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary morning morning he wakens me he wakens my ear to listen to one being taught I think about these in the moments where you have someone reach out to you hey how are you doing they didn't ask for help, but you can notice they're hurting. But you have a word that will sustain the weary. I believe they even they even saw Moses' needed help. The reason, or I believe Moses asked for help. Sometimes the second thing is the hardest thing to do. Is to be honest. I need your help. I'm hurting. I tried it. I, I've, I've, I've exhausted everything I thought I could do. I need help but what is so dope about this church is that you have errands and hers all around you that many of them aren't aware of your circumstances situation what you've been battling behind closed doors and you are and you zipped your lip thinking that hey they're gonna judge me they're gonna cast me out they're gonna they're gonna whack their finger at me but no 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 that's not gonna happen they have no stones to throw they have bitch bridges to build and they're waiting for the opportunity the privilege and the gift to walk with you end up in your pain 
So have the courage to ask for help. Is any hurting people in this place today? Anyone hurting in this place? Come on, lift up your hands with that. You lift up your hands. Listen, I'm going to open these altars and we're going to do that. That's what we're going to do. Is it okay? I won't we're going to be family in this place today. If you see someone with their hands lifted, I want you to put their hands on their shoulders. We're going to pray with each other today if, if they allow you to. Holy Spirit, come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth and talk to the Father right now real fast. We're going to pray in a few moments. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you in this place. Oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit, come. We invite you in this place, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Listen, for you today, if that's you, is there any perfect person here? more time any perfect person here no so get rid of that pride right now get rid of that ego ask for help Moses let them walk with you in that season of bitterness that season of pain that season of difficulty let them walk with you so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna count to three if that is you if you're saying man I just I'm just going through a season right now and I just need some help I just need some prayer I'm gonna ask you to can you step out of your seats and find a place at these altars come on one two three if that's you just step out of your seats come on come on I saw all those hands earlier don't don't miss this moment don't miss this moment we're gonna pray for you we're gonna be family's place today I don't care if it's your first time getting prayed for or your 88 night time don't get this moment. I believe we're on assignment here today because you've been you, some of you, you've been in a deep place of bitterness and now you're starting to have thoughts you never thought you would have. You, you've been having thoughts you never thought you would have and we need to see God intervene. See someone with their hands raised. Come on, if you can find a place, if you're prayer warriors, uh, elders, whatever normal protocol here, can we pray for each other? Come on, lift up your hands before the Lord. Come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit, come. I surrender. Come on, Holy Spirit. Fresh oil in this house today. Come on. Don't wait for someone to lay hands on you. Come on, talk to the Lord right now, right where you are. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. God, it wasn't supposed to be this long. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, I don't know how to know what I'm going to do, but I'm tired of feeling this way. But God, I know, I know that you are a very present help during times of trouble. God, I know your word says the Lord is near the brokenhearted. So God, I'm right here. I'm calling out your name. And God, not only do I need your presence, but God, I need a friend. I need a friend that was born that walk with me like a brother or a sister. I need a Aaron and a her that will help me to sit on the rock and wait, give them my way to the hands a firm place. Oh God, Holy Spirit, I ask. Step in, Holy Ghost. Help me, oh God. Help me, oh God. Help me to overcome this season of bitterness, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at My Numa Church. Thanks again and God bless.